Michael Yorba, thanks for joining with us. All right, I've got Mills Mentor. He is the CEO of Diamond Bank on the show with us today. Mills, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. Excited about it. I'm glad you're here. I've got a lot of questions for you. Before I get started, I wanted to get some background on you, how this sure. concept came about, and then let's start diving into the benefits of equity loan on designer jewelry. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I'm a third-generation retail jeweler, and so I was uh, born into the business. Um, I own a large-volume retail store called Book Raiders Jewelers. It's in Columbia, Missouri. And so I purchased that's the company from my father about a decade ago. And right after I uh, negotiated that uh, purchase is when 2008 happened, and then immediately there was an onslaught of clients that wanted to sell jewelry. Uh, at that time, a lot of high-end jewelers didn't buy back from the public, and it was more of a one-sided relationship where you know they're happy to sell you an item, but when you want to sell one back, they weren't there to assist you. Uh, and I wanted to become a 360-degree jeweler, like you know, help them not only when they wanted to sell something, or excuse me, purchase something, but also when they wanted to get a repair done appraisal or even purchase it back because that's what you know your a realtor does or you know your car dealer does and so that was the initial beginning um and from that i wanted to keep a separation between our our retail division and our uh, acquisition division and so i launched the diamond bank initially just as a buying outlet and then i got in one in particular situation where a lady had a, a diamond bracelet um, and I told her what I would be able to purchase it for. And she just, she said, you know, I can't part with it for that, but I can't afford not to partner part with it for that. Meaning she had to sell it, but she didn't want to. So a light bulb kind of went off in my head and I said, well, you know, what if I loaned you the money? And she said, oh, yeah, how would that work? And it was very informal and wasn't probably structured correctly, but it worked out. And a light bulb went off in my head that, you know, perhaps there's a real business here uh, and approaching it in a branded way where the intent is for the client to get their items back. Uh, and that was kind of the, the uh, beginning of it. Brilliant. What is the structure of the loans? Okay. So the interesting thing is that the loans are solely asset based, right? So in the event of a default, uh, it's non-recourse, so the, the only neg negative component is that the item is sold to satisfy the loan. Uh, so as a byproduct of that, uh, it, there, it's a very quick, simple funding process. So either the item is taken to one of our offices or it's sent into our nationwide headquarters. We have loans active in over, over 40 states. Upon getting the item, uh, it's assessed. Generally, a lot of this is done via email and text, so you already know what you expect then the item or the, the money is wired. And then every 30 days, the cost of funds is due. Anything above that goes directly toward principal, uh, uh, like a traditional credit card or mortgage. Uh, and then um, in the event that you pay a loan down, say we loan someone $20,000 and they paid it down to 15, for example, and wanted us to re-advance the, the, the 20, we, or excuse me, the five we could. Um, 
So it's structured honestly like a traditional credit line, except it's using your jewelry, but it's much simpler and quicker to obtain because it's solely asset based. So the traditional hurdles of lengthy bureaucratic paperwork, um, invasion of privacy and things of that nature generally don't come into play. Right. Now, the, uh, the cost of the loan, you were talking about that in a second ago. Can you drill down into that? How do you determine the, um, the, the, the cost of the loan to... Meaning that the cost of funds that we charge? Yes. Okay. So the, the cost of the funds is based on the LTV, so the loan to value ratio. So we have a, our product is very good when you are needing money for anywhere from 60 days to about six months. Anything longer than that, it's not advantageous for the borrower. Um, the, the, you know, when someone takes out a mortgage, for example, they might borrow 500,000 or 300,000 at four or 5% over 30 years, and they'll pay that house back again in interest if they were to, to ride it over the, the entire term due to the long duration and the high dollar amount. In our business, the loan values are smaller and the duration of financing is much shorter, so the rate has to be high enough to produce enough income to service the loan. So it depends on the LTV ratio, meaning if the item you're pledging has a $50,000 liquid value to the dealer, if you want to borrow 30,000, it's one, uh, one rate. If you want to borrow 45, it's going to be higher interest because it's a higher loan to value. But so to answer your question directly, our cost of funds are going to range anywhere from about 1.5% a month. So that'd be 18% APR up to five or 6% um, a month, depending on the LTV and size of loan. That works out on a short-term basis. I can see why it's economical. Yeah. Types of assets that you work with when it comes to, to using uh, the diamond bank. Mm -hmm. So, uh, fine watches, uh, Rolex is one of our largest categories, um, sign pieces, Tiffany, um, you know, Harry Winston, Graf, David Yerman, uh, and then our largest asset class is GIA certified diamonds. Um, but the unique difference, there's a, like, they're obviously asset based lending people will compare it to pawning. Um, and there's several key reasons that to my knowledge, the way we do it is unlike anyone else. The, the first thing is the high L to V's. So when we make a loan, we have plenty of our own jewelry. We don't want to end up with yours. So our intent is for you to get your item back. Where a lot of people that make these loans, they hope they'll end up with it. So that's number one. Number two, our purchase price and our loan price are the same, which is also very unusual because most people say, well, I'll, loan, I'll you know, purchase it for 5,000, but I'll only loan you three. For me, if I'm comfortable, whatever I'm comfortable owning it for, I'll loan you, right? So we have much higher loan values and we have shocked other competitors and being very involved in the market, having multiple, uh, I've got some partners that are the largest, most prestigious retailers in the country. They have a tremendous demand for product. So in the event we end up with something, a lot of it can go traditionally through retail channels and we don't have to wholesale it out. So our loan um, uh, values are, are much higher. Kind of trailed off there on exactly the question. but. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the other questions, you've got a um, pre-owned designer jewelry that you work with. Tell me how you determine the value on that. Is it by weight or is it by weight and, um, say, the um, the demand for that particular brand? How, how Absolutely. 
So all of our loans are based on demand for the product. For example, with Rolexes, there's numerous all-steel Rolexes sports models that trade higher pre-owned than even solid gold models or two-tone models, steel and gold. So the cost to construct those watches uh, is higher. But on the pre-owned market, the all-steel watch is going to be worth more because it's all pinned in demand. So there are certain, like for example, today, uh, a GMT, which is affectionately referred to as the Batman GMT, where it has, um, actually, I happen to be wearing one today. I don't know if you can see this, um, but the, the bezel, uh, it's blue and black. So this watch retails uh, about for 83.50 new. We will loan 10,000 on this pre-owned because we'll loan more than retail because the demand for these is so great. Uh, the opposite is also true though, with diamond shapes that are not favorable today in demand. Uh, for example, like a trillion cut, which is a triangle or a marquee shape that previously was very in demand and today are very sleepy on the market. If you have a two carat marquee and a two carat round diamond, we're gonna loan more on the round, significantly more because there's a market for it in the event of a default, where with the marquee, there's no real market, it might have to be recut to an oval, so yes, the loan value is underpinned by the demand. Now, there's also liquidity options involved in this. I'd like to hear more about that. Okay, and, and uh, I my previous comment, I failed to fully get out. Um, with the intent of uh, our clients getting their jewelry back and allowing the additional principal payments and encouraging those, we have between an 85 and 90% redemption rate on our loans. And in the traditional sense of asset-based lending or pond lending, you have two options at the end of 30 days, right? Let's say I loan you 10,000 at 5%, okay? 30 days rolls around and you can do two things, pay $500 and buy another 30 days, but a lot of pawn shops charge 15% or 1,500 and buy another 30 days or pay off the 10,000 and the five. Well, most people and anyone, if you needed 10,000 last month, you probably don't have 10,500 this month. So you buy another 30 days. Well, what happens is that borrower will go four or five or six months of interest only, then get frustrated and just forfeit the item. So with us, by allowing anything above that print or uh, cost of funds to go towards principal, uh, it helps the borrower and it's a two-sided street. And so what I've tried to do is make our rates and our borrowing and our liquidity options, the more attractive that we make them, the wider net that we cast on people that will want to use our services. Um, so I did want to complete that point, but your question now is about the different type of liquidity options we offer. Yes. Is that right? Yes. It is. Yeah. Okay. So we will uh, buy your item outright. And when we purchase it, um, generally the jewelry industry as a whole is very opaque, uh, especially when jewelry is bought back. So we pride ourselves on being transparent and treating our customers, you know, just like as if we were selling them an item. So when we sell, when we buy it, something from you, we will show you industry wholesale comps uh, or what this item is trading for between dealers. And then obviously we have to make a profit and we'll show you what, why we're paying less, but we open the, the, the curtain. So we'll buy the item in a transparent way is number one. Um, obviously we'll make the jewelry equity loan that I just touched on. And then we have a very unique service uh, that is our seller's agent service. And so um, what we do on this is items or estates that will, um, 
yield the selling party 50,000 or more, basically we become a fiduciary in the relationship where our interests are aligned and we work on their best or on their behalf to get them the most money. So we work on a very uh, transparent, like in a real estate transaction commission schedule. And then with that item, we may sell it through a variety of online platforms. We may sell it through one of our retail partners. We may sell it to a dealer. We may sell it to a private collector. And then all the costs associated, whether it's shipping, photography, um, you know, anything we need to do are all exposed. Then the client sees the selling price, hard expenses, uh, the commission that we've already agreed upon, and they get the net. The, the net proceeds. So that's a really good tool because it allows us all to be on the same page as opposed to the traditional relationship where if I sell something to a dealer by design, he wants to pay as little as possible and he never divulges what he's selling it for and you as a seller want the most possible. So the relationship, although it's a very old timeless relationship, isn't aligned for a collaborative nature. So when we have these larger estates and we can say, look, this is the reality of the market. This is where these items have been trading. We will do our best to get you this or something greater. We set the purchase price together. The client is still in the driver's seat and we work on their behalf. Thank you for that answer. Now, the last question that I have for you is there, is there anything special going on with the engagement rings under this scenario? I mean, uh, something something tells me that that's a different category altogether with what's going on with the bank and the other types of, uh, if you will, designer jewelry. Uh, I don't know if I completely understand the question. I mean, engagement rings are pre-owned engagement rings, selling them. Is yeah. there something special that you've got going on with that? Not to my knowledge that I can speak to. Um, hey, uh, not to my knowledge that I can speak to. I mean, we use those, uh, you know, as a asset class and can work with them, but there's nothing in particular about them. Okay. Mills, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for being here. Stick around after the show. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye to the audience. I've got a couple of people I want to introduce you to. All right. Yes, sir. I'll do it. Thank you so much. Are you been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba? Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.